0: In 2022, a pair of former ballplayers and a talented young broadcaster were tasked with creating a college football podcast. These men promptly escaped into the mountains of West Virginia and got to work. If you want top-level football analysis, off-topic stories, and locker room humor, you're in the right place. You are in the gun.
1: Done episode 11. It's time for a Virginia Tech preview. Wesley Euler with you here with the best teammates in the business, Owen Schmidt and Jed Drenning. This episode brought to you by our friends at and Ford. We all know cars cost less in Grafton. Gentlemen, it is time to enter Sandman. How we feeling?
2: I can't believe it's this close. I can't believe it's almost here again. It seems like not that long ago at all that uh, we battled under the bitter end in Morgantown, to be honest with you. I mean, I can still see. Letty busting that thing up the gut for 80, like it was last night, like it was
3: yesterday afternoon. So uh, I'm fired up to get this thing rolling on. Yeah, it's gonna be electric, man. I'm 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 upset I'm not going to the game. Honestly, I will be in Charleston uh doing an alumni kind of swagger deal, which is still cool, but it's not gonna be the full effect. I mean, that that crowd gets intense. Uh, at the start of the game, and it's going to be an electric atmosphere. I'm I'm looking forward to the game.
1: I think all the mountaineer nations looking forward to the game. I feel like. Um, certainly after the backyard brawl, but after the loss to Kansas as well, too, this was kind of the one that everybody circled of, you know, okay, this, this could make or break the season. You'll either be at 500 or you'll be staring down the barrel of, of one and three before you get to conference play. So yeah, certainly a big one. We're going to get into all of it on this episode today. We'll take a look around some other things happening in college football, give you some predictions and some projections as we always do. We'll start all that when we return, but first these words from our friends at Toothman Ford, you're listening to ITG.
4: I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret?
5: Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money. And that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford.
4: And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice?
5: You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit toothmanford.com and get a quick instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right, and as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a
4: lot of fans. Here's another one, Dallas Cowboys QB Will Greer. This
3: is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback, and cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford.
4: That's a fact, Will, thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com.
1: Back in the gun here, time to take a look at some headlines, and gentlemen. Uh a WVU-specific headline here. Uh, Just before we went to record this, the WVU social media channels, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that different stuff, releasing the uniform that the Mountaineers will be wearing Thursday night at Lane Stadium. And it is, a, I guess, a twist on what we saw in the backyard brawl against Pitt. So, same white helmet, Country Roads helmet, same white Country Roads jersey, but with the all-blue pants this time. So, white, white, blue. I love it. I think, you know, if you go look at the pictures on social media, I think it looks better than the original ones with the white pants. I I really like the blue pants. I'll say this, though. All right? We win, and those uniforms can stay. We lose. We burn them in the Lane Stadium showers. I don't think there's any in between now.
2: (laughs) Those unis deserve a win, Mm. and they deserve a rivalry win. And I'll tell you what. uh, I love the look. Uh, The only guy I'm going to guess who doesn't love the look is Owen head equipment manager Danny Nealon because it's a white jersey on a natural grass service. So uh I'm not gonna hear the end from Danny complaining about having to clean those jerseys, how many crew. That's that's tough work for those folks because they'll come back with plenty of grass stains, they always do. But that's a that's a cool, sharp look. Those uniforms deserve a win. That helmet deserves a win, especially a rivalry win. Let's do it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, look good, feel good, play good, right? So mm-hmm. Hopefully we can get that win for those unis, and uh, they can start throwing them in rotation.
1: That's what I'm talking about, especially that helmet. That helmet is oh, oh, yeah. chef's yeah. chef's oh, kiss. Yeah. We need we need a win with that helmet, uh, and it can stay. Like I said, if not. We burn them in the showers, and we forget, yeah. the, day, we forget the day ever happened. Uh, we're going to catch up with our buddy, uh, Sean Mariner, WV football insider here in just a few minutes. Maybe he can give us some scoop on that information as well too. But before we do, it's time for some runaway questions here in the gun. Uh, runaway questions, real simple segment that we do here. It's our uh, listeners' opportunities to uh, get your questions in for the runaway beer truck himself. Owen Schmidt, Big O, you ready? <laughs>
0: owen smith like a runaway beer truck down the sidelines big owen smith touchdown west virginia
3: bring it wes
1: he's he's got that microphone working now he's loving it James tweets and wants to know uh, how much do coaches go over clock and time management in practice and in the build up to games? Is that how much time do you spend on that?
3: James, fabulous question. Uh, Actually, a lot of time. Um, We'll go through situations, clock management, almost not every period, but, uh, certain situations, two minute drills, uh, usually at the end of practices, uh, yep. Four minute offense. Um, also, uh, you know what I mean? Throughout the, the course of the day, these practices are so structured. If people really saw the practice plans, they'd understand and start start to really see how much time actually goes into, Uh, Just just a practice. Right. And that's not even that's one practice of, you know, four or five practices leading up to the game. So there is a lot of time spent, uh, like I said, not just on practice plans, but just the timing of certain situations. Right. We want to train our athletes, reps, reps, reps. Right. So when we get into the game, right, it's clockwork. And I'll add this.
2: uh, Coaches will also, and Neil does this, he'll ask some what ifs. You know, go around the staff. What if this situation arises? What if this guy goes down? What if, what if? So you got to be prepared for those scenarios. But also earlier in the week, uh, when you look at the analytics, okay, they get the full analytics report from the service provider, and it's specific to that opponent. So uh, the head coach sits down with the analysts. And a lot of that stuff's determined ahead of time. Now, you're not married to it. You can still adjust on the fly. But you want some of the basic stuff to be be determined Tuesday instead of crunch time with the play clock going down and that kind of thing. So uh, that factors in as well when you you read those reports and decide which parts of it you might look at, which parts of it you might disregard, and, and go from there.
1: Dr. Bill wants to know says Owen what was your game day mental uh, what was your game day mental and emotional prep like and how did you keep that hype going throughout the game
3: Bill excellent question <laughs> um you know what i was a i was i was a couple different things um, i was a very focused player before the game uh, did a lot of prep uh was prepared right prepared mentally and then when i got to the game very quiet would get my stuff on would go through a lot of mental reps in my head so would go through certain situations certain plays uh, different formations or or whatever that they had they ran uh and plays that we were going to run like maybe our first 15 first 10 first 15 uh go through those just kind of get that that uh, mental vibe going so that when I did get out on the field, it was all reactions, right? There was no thought process going.
2: <laughs> Rich but would that...
3: be so proud of you. <laughs> what <laughs> your, your visualization,
2: you know, the visualization. Oh, exercise. yeah, you got it's, to, man. You got yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, walk, walk them through. Oh, and Friday night, night before the game, Coach Rod liked to walk you through so you would visualize. He'd sometimes turn the lights out in the meeting room walk you through the opening kickoff, who was going to make the big hit, how the crowd was going to respond. We'd get the ball. Our first play would be this. Owen would break a tackle. Walk him through that, Owen.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's there's so much prep physically that goes on, right? And then once you start winding it down, winding it down, that's where the mental prep starts taking over, right? The film study. Then you're getting closer to the game, right? You just had your your, your team meal right now you're now you're in the meeting room right they probably showed some sort of highlight where you guys just absolutely killed it the last week if you had a win right and then like uh jed was saying now we're going to start visualizing what we want to happen in the game right if things go our way this is how it's going to go down um and you and you would just break that down and you you would literally just like imagining right that's what you're doing right but you're just taking that mental rep and going through the success, uh, and, and you could read thousands of books, uh, any Olympic athlete, any, you know, world-class athlete, any champion, anybody who's ever won a championship that's written some sort of literature uh, ever, um, you know, that visualization is a, is a huge part of the process, especially right before, you know, whatever sort of competition it is. And, uh, it's a huge part of prep kind of calms you down a little bit, lets you set in. There's always pregame nerves, pregame, uh, jitters. Um, and, and once you get closer and closer and closer to the game time, it's good to just kind of nestle in right. And really start, uh, visualizing the success because that's, uh, mentally, um, a huge part of the game right? The physical stuff is what happens on the field, but mentally you have to be prepared. You have to be prepared for a win, right? You have to know in your, in your mind's eye, right? We're here to win and we're going to win. And this is how we're going to do it.
1: I love it. Love it. Two more here for you, big O. Uh, Justin wants to know what's the best way for the team to commit less penalties and not beat themselves.
3: Good question. Uh, I would say, uh, I would say, in my opinion, if I was going back to old school thought process, all right, some sort of either team shaming, okay, Uh, or, you know, good old-fashioned log rolls, you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, Bear crawls for 100, 200 yards, or literally just rolling the field. Uh, That's a good way to... Uh, throw your guts up and understand like, look, man, you're killing the team right now. Okay. Understand this. Let's, let's put a, let's put a perspective on what's going to happen here. Right. Um, You know, in my opinion, a guy who's got a penalty problem isn't focused, right. He's not, he's not in the game. He's not, he, he, he did not visualize before the game. Right. He's, he's a step too slow or uh, he wasn't prepared he didn't watch the correct film maybe his guy's a little bit better right he's got to cheat his footwork's out of order Um, there's a lot of things for that but honestly with penalties and the ones that we've gotten uh, and I will say the personal foul penalties are like a late hit late late hit stuff Uh, I'm not going to speak too much on the uh, the targeting stuff because I just don't even know how athletes even really deal with that anymore it's just it's it blows my mind but the small stuff right be involved in the game remember your details it's all about the small stuff watch the ball right hey you know if you can make a hit or not it's a step you know what i mean don't even give yourself that uh you have to be mentally prepared for the game and you and like i said even before a play i'm still i already ran through the succession of a play right even if it doesn't happen like that, I still already ran through probably two or three times before I even got to the ball what's going to happen so uh you know maybe some more some more mental reps maybe those guys need to get into that you know that that's what I would be but as far as correcting those problems a good uh two three four hundred yard bear crawl yeah
0: that
3: always uh that always gets everybody right
2: what well, here's where Owen's really on to something. When you're dealing with 18, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids, uh, in that kind of setting, few things matter more to them than the esteem their, their peers hold them in, right? The opinion of your teammates matters more to you than anything. I mean, you want a kid to be happy, let him win an award that his teammates voted on. That's why captain always mattered so much, right? Because your teammates anointed you captain. They voted you captain. It wasn't sports writers or other coaches or anything like that. And one of the things we used to do, we used to do this with loafs. Okay. So, I mean, you could kind of categorize penalties skewing in the same direction, hurting the team like that. Like if you loafed when the film was graded and let's say you had don't ever loaf, loaf. don't ever loaf, don't ever loaf. What would happen is we'd have the whole team in a circle and we had to do an up down for every loaf that was graded by every player on the tape. And that adds up. Okay. So you'd have to get it in the middle of the circle. And you're just saying, my name's Bobby Johnson, and I'm a linebacker, and I let let the team down six times, and he'd have to lead us in six up-downs. Next guy, nine times. Next guy, three times. Next guy, 14 times. You know what? You don't want to be in the middle of that circle. So that does incentivize you, again, because you don't want to let your buddies down. These are your guys, right? These are your wingmen. You don't want to let them down. So that might be some of the, the greatest incentive out there. Well,
3: absolutely said. great. I, I agree with you hundred percent, man. It's all about uh, the love between the family. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we're going to get to our fourth family member here of, of, of the ITG family in just a second, but last one for you. Owen. you know, I always like to keep a funny goofy uh, non X's and O's one for the last runaway question here. So Jared wants to know, is it true that Owen once ate a coaster at the fishbowl?
3: Jared, some people become legends. Okay. At the fishbowl. I was fortunate to live a block away from the Ridge. Okay. With a bunch of football buddies. And yes, I did eat a coaster. I believe in 11 seconds oh, is the, uh, is the record. The That's time. a dry. That is a dry coaster. That'd probably been there for 20 years uh because it was it had some warping you know i mean cardboard got wet it got dry got wet it got dry i mean it was pretty musty um when i did uh, chew on that thing gnaw on it a little bit but yes the thing of legends at mario's fishbowl i have a few um lovely uh, esteemed records at the fishbowl few
2: records
1: so, yeah. few few legends yeah
3: not even john henry
2: ate a coaster at the fishbowl right
3: yes a few uh folklore uh (laughs) stories for you down there the name john henry came up in the comments today by the way or
2: yesterday (laughs) the last couple days he's gonna be a west virginia legend like john henry and i'm thinking
3: he's eating
6: coasters (laughs) what are you talking about
3: (laughs) nobody said anything about my iq jed all right
1: (laughs) i love it man i absolutely love it uh if you want to get involved with runaway questions every single week just make sure you're following us on twitter at in the gun podcast that's where you uh can lob those questions in for big o from everything from x's and o's to coasters at the fishbowl we'll take them all uh on our twitter account at in the gun podcast now it's time to bring in our only friend of the show wvu video insider you see him waving there if you're watching along on youtube it's our buddy sean mariner what's up big daddy
6: are we talking about Owen eating the coasters at Fishbowl? Yeah, we. so we do a
1: segment every Go once over. in a while called Runaway Questions, right? Yeah, Where baby. people can oh, tweet questions. Oh, I've been seeing the tweets going
6: crazy, baby. And Sean, you know
1: me, right? I, I, I pick three or four football-related ones, and then the last one's always a goofy, off-the-wall question. And, of and it was from Jared today was, is it true that Owen once ate a coaster at the Fishbowl? That was our off-the-wall question.
6: Just one? I thought it was multiple, Owen. Well, this?
3: it was the fastest one was eleven seconds.
6: Yeah, oh.
4: but the
3: legend grows. the The legend did grow. I once it's ate it's sixty it. chicken wings at the fishbowl as well. Uh, Cowboy Ranch, ca- dude.
6: The only, only. Thank you, only. Never loved you more in a moment than this. The moment, only. Like. only
1: wing sauce. <laughs> only.
3: You know what, Sean? I was just I was laughing to myself in my mind, which uh, can be funny from time and time again, but. I was just thinking, your initials are S and M. Mm-hmm. hmm
6: Hmm. <laughs> go. go. Yep. Now, if you want to get deep, I'll, we'll spin this back to West Virginia stuff. Michael Sean Mariner, right? So, MSM. Growing up, I was always like, oh, if my last name was Mariner, I would be MSN, the Mountaineer Sports Network. <laughs> it's your mainstream media. In other words, you're <laughs> I was ready. Sean Nariner uh,
1: with us here. In oh, hey, the, all right, uh, buddy. Thoughts on these uh, these uniforms? We were talking about uh, this to open the show. I okay. Don't uh, tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I said this, but I might like them more with the blue pants. It's a listen, sharp look. It's,
6: uh, so again, Kristen, we Clean. talked in the first episode. the The white lines a throwback to um, the pit game from was it 02, I think. The country roads look great, but damn, does that blue look good with the helmet and the white?
3: Well, I know the helmet's not the same, but we did have a, a pretty good yep. streak in the blue and white combo. Mm-hmm. Obviously the helmet's different. Oh, I'm not gonna I won't you even did. I won't even say nothing about the helmet because the helmet's just badass. Yeah. But excellent. I I I, w- I
6: would agree with Wes. I would uh they're they're what the teens are calling hot. I Love them, first of all. And I'm also equally impressed with how they got Doug Nestor to do everything they did for the video. (laughs) Watching large Dougie do the shirt (laughs) rip and the leg. I was like, dude, I can't get him to do that. So who got him to do this stuff? Hey, if they they win the game in these
2: unis, first of all, we were talking earlier, these uniforms deserve a win. deserve a rivalry win. But here's the beauty of it. Let's put the cart before the horse. Do we see gray bottoms? Do we see gold bottoms with this look? This could get pretty cool.
6: That I'm interested in that, but I also cool, part of me is like Pitt, Virginia Tech this year, and that's that. Like pretty country roads, day. right to both. We're right there. You Penn know what State I mean? Next
1: year, Pitt. Next year, there you go. Yeah, oh, that's that's me. Yeah. But we can't we can't wear white to Penn State next year. Come on now. No.
6: No. no i i love it though uh sean first
1: first trip to blacksburg for you first ever trip
6: to blacksburg for me so i'm ready same here popping it son you've never been Jed? what well
2: again we last went to blacksburg in 04 yeah i wasn't traveling then i
6: was doing pregame staying back so sophomore in college so i didn't get to go either yeah it's it's ironic some of our best friends in the business in the video board and, and video business are the people from virginia tech And apparently like their locker or their um, control rooms right next to our locker room. So when we were with them at our conference over the summer, I was asking him like, Hey, should I be in there watching you guys cut Sandman or anything like that? And the head guy, Jeb was like, have you, you've been here before? Right. I said, no, he goes, if you were in our control room for your first time witnessing enter Sandman, I'm going to be pissed. You have (laughs) to be out on the field. I'm like, okay. Okay, sold. I'm, I want to Dude, see it.
3: I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. You have to be. It's an electric atmosphere. It is. It's pretty cool. It's pretty Did cool. That's the oh, only yeah, cool thing about.
6: That's the only cool thing about Virginia Tech. Okay, understand, yeah. man. That's it. Does the whole place move, Jed? I've heard nonstop. That that's like, what I've heard. heard that, that place is
2: shaking. The whole place shakes. I've been told time and time again. Man. Yep.
6: Yeah. So I'm well, hell, and they
3: built that thing straight up and down. I mean, yeah. it's
6: That's the other thing I've heard. It's like vertical, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Larry David. I'd I'd hate to wipe out uh, on the top shelf up there. You'd have a, you'd have a nice trip all the way to the bottom. I will say this. A lot's been made that they,
2: the home field advantage has waned in recent years because it used to be, they were just unbeatable there, but you know what? I'm not so sure the home field advantage prime time Thursday night has waned. Yes. Okay, we just we just saw, we night. just saw
1: that we just saw that a few weeks ago.
2: I yeah, mean, absolutely. Pit you know I mean?
1: has pit has no atmosphere. When we yeah. were there, it was the largest sporting event in the history of the yeah. city. Um, I mean, it's it's whole
2: city, like, yeah, yeah. And this is a place that does have atmosphere. And oh, by the way, it happens to be primetime Thursday night. So, yeah. and well, I mean, and... they've gotten
1: two wins since that old Dominion loss too. So maybe they're the fans are you know jumping back yeah. on a little. bit. Well, they on. were
2: the other day the Wofford game. The fans were insane. They were crazy. They came out much like our fans responded last week for Towson. Their fans responded, and so yeah, they were cranked up for an early kick against Wofford. What do you think they're going to be doing? They're going to be plenty lathered up by kickoff Thursday. Night.
3: Dude, they're going to be saucy. I'm yeah. telling you right now, them people like to get down. So they're
2: marinating all day. Yeah, all- <laughs> they
1: will
6: be. Two thousand. They will be hydrated. Was my freshman year. That was my freshman year of college. Brian that King. Wednesday night, the first time I've ever had Captain Morgan dropped inside of a Yingling beer as an eighteen-year-old trying to figure things out. And <laughs> yeah. ah! when that night happened. That was absolutely insane. So I that was. That imagine. was Brian King in the end zone with twelve seconds left. No, right? 03 oh. was home. The Rasheed Marshall. Quincy oh, 28, twenty-eight, twenty-eight, seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rich Rods. Rich Rods' Wednesday first game.
1: real big yep. win. The the mm-hmm. Mariner
6: family claim to fame with that one is, you remember, they, you know, they rushed the field, take down the goalpost the mace and everything. The next day, the cover of USA Today was a cop just destroying a student. That was our cousin, Brandon Stipitich, front page of the USA Today. I thought you were going to
2: say you were in the picture with your pants oh. down. At the 50s. I, I
6: remember, again, 18-year-old Yingling and Captain Morgan for the first time standing up in the student section like, what's happening down there? Just so confused and hazy. That night's the first time
2: I ever tasted pepper spray. And I was 500 yards away. It was everywhere.
0: It was everywhere.
2: everywhere.
1: I was 13 years old at that game, I think. And my buddy Jordan and I hopped onto the field for about 30 seconds. And then we went, nope, we're out of here. And ran back back (laughs) to his dad in the Like a grocery
2: run in Bosnia. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh, yeah.
1: uh, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, right? That's the last time students stormed Mountaineer Field.
2: Yes, to my knowledge. That's yeah. when the protocols were kicked in. Yep. That's in other when words, words you have a little we'll take through, down the goalposts. The, the goal yeah, post yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's that's what that's what precipitated those protocols. That's so what kickstarted that was, everything. Yeah. yeah.
5: Sean was,
4: uh,
1: Oh, go, go ahead. ahead Jed, sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I was I was gonna I was I had a, another dorky question. So if you wanted to hop it. on, if, if you wanted to hop on O three, speak now or hold your peace.
2: Well, um, it was it was another one of those not sold out, but the right folks were there. Crowds. It was yes. the ultimate. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, Sean and I folks, were there. Obviously, that, that, that building <laughs> right can't get louder. I, can remember I if get, it can't get louder than it was that night.
6: There was a point, and we always try to make it a point for our show for home games like. If we hear "Let's Go" starting, we will kill all music. We'll kill like we want to let that chant go. I yeah. can remember that night hearing it. It was cold. It was crystal clear. Yeah. It was October, right? I can remember that being the loudest "Let's Go" I've ever heard in my entire life. Like bouncing off the hospital yeah. and back just yeah. before they had both ends up. Like it was, it was wild. It was intense. It was I got intense.
1: home. I got home that night at like one thirty in the morning, and my mom was waiting for me. And she said, how was it? And I said, I'm going to school there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, in, I was recruiting se- you can
1: do. I was in seventh grade. I was yep. in seventh grade.
2: <laughs> so Big Daddy, coin toss. When everything reaches its zenith, its yeah. apex, the noisiest part leading up to the game, right before kickoff, where are you going to be? I'm going to
6: try to be – I like to try and get the shot of the captains behind, like walking, getting their faces, and then trying to walk behind as they take okay. the field. So, so I'll be out there, we'll be, be out there together. Okay. There.
2: I'm trying to stick my mic in the official's face. Yeah. So we can get some, some, some hot audio there for, even though he has a field mic, we, we still go through the, the motions and, yeah. and put it up there, you know.
6: Man, it's going to be so good.
2: Oh, it's, it's I'm getting, again, I'm getting chills thinking about I it. I mean, I remember I 17 wait. at FedEx. Yeah. And that um, was
6: nuts. I, I, can't, I can't imagine. It was
2: Yes. More intense than that. Right. Yeah. And now this is going to be in Blacksburg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I come on. You know, that's I'm excited. You know, last year was pretty intense too in Morgantown. Yeah. That was pretty intense. For an early kick. Again, we keep going back to the same thing. This is a this is an old school big east Thursday night kick. Come on, you know. Yeah.
3: This is this is what it's all about. No, I'm I'm glad it's on a Thursday, man. It's it should be prime time and it's gonna be it's gonna be a brawl, man. It's gonna yes. be a fist fight for sure. Yeah.
2: I'm
1: jealous. Yes. I'm jealous you two are going to be there. You you sons of you. Uh, sons you, of, you sneaky bastards. I'll be I'll be stuck in Cleveland watching the game on my uh, cell phone. Yeah. Talk about talk about atmosphere trying to, we'll be trying, texting to each other. trying to elbow Amazon Prime dorks off the sideline unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable. uh Sean before we let you go real quick uh, big weekend last weekend hall of yeah. fame you know we talked about the trio of Gino Stedman Tavon going in yeah. Kevin Jones I think for for this era represented here on this show Kevin Jones in basketball deserves a shout as well too and then Bob Huggins coming out in his hall Dude. of fame hall of fame jacket. That was a that was a pretty cool like cuz that all happened within like 10 minutes there. That it was and that was pretty first,
6: cool. into the and then of course we scored, so that helps going into the break with that. How Wes, you were there. How loud was For it? For Bob Huggins. You huggy.
1: You you know, you know, you and I both work in sports. You get a lot of those recognition type things and get you yeah. do that every football game, there's somebody, some team that gets yeah, recognized. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's a service member, right? All these different things that we do. Yeah. That was that was one of the loudest um, recognition moments I've ever heard in a stadium. Yeah. I mean, Near that place end. went berserk for Bob Huggins.
6: Near the end, you know, Nevin's right next to me. Our PA guy's right next to me, so I can call, you know, as he goes through and time things out. When he started his final read, you know, uh, Hall of Fame coach, Morgantown native, WV, he is screaming because screaming. he can't hear himself over his microphone over the crowd screaming
2: wow. for hugs. Like it was that's incredible. awesome.
3: Man. Awesome. the
2: picture of him with his hand in the air
6: you got you saw it somebody you okay who, who took that i'm not sure who that was i don't know if that was one of our team or like matt sunday or well
2: somebody retweeted that and it was it was uh, i don't remember who the lady was that tweeted it but she made a comment said put this statue build this yeah. statue erected in front of the coliseum immediately and i thought that would be a perfect it statue instantly i mean it was like was iconic photo
6: it's a, it's the hugs out to the side wave yeah like, just oh it was brilliant
1: it was brilliant it was a great was a, that 10 minutes there of you know having having Stedman out there and then Bob Huggins stealing the show uh that that was just phenomenal Gino's video yeah that's
2: a, lot of, video,
0: that's a lot of video I've heard a video get you know yep. Gino's yeah.
1: video was great yeah um that was that was really cool and like Sean mentioned the, the fact that the WVU was rolling there certainly certainly helped certainly helped the cause as well too the crowd was the crowd was ready for a party and and they certainly brought it in those those Big hey, Daddy moments. were you
2: expecting 51,000?
6: Yeah. Yeah. I thought we'd have that maybe a touch more because people had a feeling we were going to get after this one. So, I was happy. I thought they interacted very, very well. We had some good dance cameras going. I was I was happy.
1: Beautiful day, family day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did how did baby girl do first game? She was great. She loved it. Now, we listen, I'll admit to everybody here, okay, my, I took my 11-month-old daughter to the game for the first time. We had to leave in the fourth quarter. We had to leave yeah. at the beginning of the fourth of quarter because she was starting to melt down a little bit. But she yeah. she did great. She loved the band. She just loved the energy of the crowd. Yeah, she was she was awesome.
2: You know, I have a word for that. Uh, my seventh-grade math teacher is Sam Gogenauer. He lives in Canaan Valley. Him and his wife, Amy, who was the art teacher, Okay. They famously left the Louisville game in '05 early. Oh no! So they were in Red House, Maryland, on the way back to Canaan as we were coming back, and they were scrambling to get it on the radio. So I told them that I'm going to forever tr- transform their name into a verb. When you leave early, you're goganawing. Yep. you <laughs> goganawed the game. You goganawed. Come on, well, I'll don't goganaw anymore.
1: If if it would have been a four point game instead of a forty five to seven go, game, I would I would yeah, I would have been. ever a there's story. a time
6: to go good hours. I would have said, "Listen, I would have would have taken her, West would have stayed on my couch. We would have figured that's something.' Right, out. That's, yeah, that's we right, that's
1: right. We would Sean and I would have driven up to the strip district the next day. We would have right. <laughs> <laughs> I,
6: I want to say this too because I know you guys have already talked about it, but you know I you can't get a look at my stomach right now, which is probably great for everybody. But if you did, you can see that I have never been an athlete. Okay. I've been around football, played a little bit in junior high, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy who's learned the game, who loves the game. And I know just enough to maybe like talk with Jed on the sidelines, be a little pretentious about what I do and don't know. But I don't know one of what Jed or Owen know, like not even close. When I hear JT Daniels talk, oh. cool. I feel dumber than any football person has ever felt on the face of this earth. And it's always something that like when he says it, it's so simple, but I've never been able to put it into words like he has. So I'm like, well, of course that's true. Like, I knew that, but I'm just a stupid person who can't say it the way that he can say it. it's. That's, it's absolutely
2: unreal. It's yeah. well said. That's a great point. Here's the best way I, I would encapsulate. I I put a tweet out today, repurposing his interview from Monday. Right. Yes. Uh, the best way I could I could describe it is. If you've never been in a quarterback room, if you've never been in a quarterback meeting room, putting game plans together, breaking down stuff on the grease board, you know, talking with the OC or vice versa, a lot of what he says sounds like the first sentence or two that initiates all the conversations that take place in that room, okay? Okay. I mean, that's like the topical stuff that's going around. You're talking about, all right, you're, you're kicking ideas around about, all right, well, okay, we we, we got to be responsible for their five with our five. How are we going to do that? What are we going to do? Who, uh, who's uh, declaring the mic? All right, well, they're going to get it started. Zach's going to make the call up front. Okay, well, when they play this leverage, I'm going to make this type of throw. And those are usually the kind of comments. It, it's, it, it's, it's more than tip of the iceberg, but the conversation follows the comments he's making to the media. I mean, the the real meat on the bone is what follows that. So the fact that he's able to synthesize that down to its most basic points, so folks who don't necessarily have a pedigree in football, but they're just fans, but they understand it the way he explained it, that's a knack, that's a gift, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like the conversations – uh, it, it took me back. Every time I hear him talk, it sounds like I'm in a quarterback room and we're bouncing ideas off each other. We're talking protections. We're talking the how and the why. And they all start with like each of those sentences or two that he
6: is giving to the media. And it's great stuff. It's great. stuff. It was the one w- w- right after Pitt where he did Tuesday media. And he just talked very casual and openly about the past Reese late in that Pitt game why he put it here, how he knew this guy, you know, the safety was over top. So that put his window here. He needed to get it low. And I'm just like,
2: it's okay, beautiful. Yeah,
6: I get because, all of that. Because and here's what's happening ought to articulate it. Let
2: me tell you in 10 <laughs> seconds. Okay. You got four verticals. If you got one safety in the middle, you're splitting with your slots. If you got two safeties up top parked on each hash, you're inside to outside wide, wide side of the field. Reese was a slot to the wide side of the field. He, he walked you through exactly the mindset that a quarterback has. All right. We call it, one safety is jack in the middle. Split the slots. Read it. Use your eyes. Take him one way or throw at the other. Two safeties. All right, tougher throw. Wide side. He has more space to cover. Try and drag him outside or see if he drags himself. He walked you through that beautifully. And he's just such a,
6: uh, an intellectually gifted football player. You know. Alan, sure. What does it do for you when you hear about how often he checks to run and it's the right run call? Does that give you a little tingle? Does that work for you?
3: <laughs> well, I mean he's the man dude <laughs> i mean he just makes the right call he's just so involved with the game and the game plan and how the game is flowing i mean yeah. we, we spoke earlier briefly about a uh, uh, runaway question about uh, visual visualization yeah. and i can just it's probably a multi-universe of just how many <laughs> thousands of scenarios happen it's out have it, of his yeah. mind like <laughs> the game even happens yeah. i mean he 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 just it's it's honestly it's a real pleasure being able to watch him uh do his thing out there and super pumped that he's on our team i really hope we just you know what i mean we everybody has to understand how special a guy like this is you know what i mean and when you have somebody like this like when we had pat back in the day right steve those guys right it brings everybody up, right? If you're on the same page, it's bringing you all up, right? So you're all trying to play at a high level. Um, And hopefully we can just, you know, hopefully Thursday night, right? That's our click, right? Back, right? We get it back, right? We're we're, like Wes said, hey, we're back to 500. Now we're starting gameplay and we just go out there and have a great time. And uh, it's like to really get at the, the, the run checks, I mean, it's love to see a quarterback that's involved who's not just a selfish player and wants to, you know, rack the stats up for himself. He's a guy who wants to win the ball game. He does. Right? And he's going to know, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. he's going to make the best yeah. play to put us in the best situation to move the chains.
2: He doesn't want to throw in the numbers. He's being he smart. Yeah. You know, he'd he'd rather run into the soft numbers than throw into the heavy ones. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'll say this, there's uh shopping network there's a game show network there's there's a network for everything today okay if there was a JT Daniels interview network I'd I'd just have it on his background noise all day. I just watch it. yeah I just I could listen to him all day I mean he's speaking my language I'm picking up what he's putting down it's it's great to hear somebody uh you know, and he's not really at an advanced age. he's not done with college football yet. This is usually the kind of conversations you hear out of battle tested NFL quarterbacks of Peyton Manning, okay? Yeah. And the way he's able to simplify it but still be advanced while doing so, uh he just he gets the craft uh, man I, I I love the way he does this. I just everything about him
6: Th- That's the stuff me as a fan loves to he- like. I want to know, like I want to learn, okay, split the jack. Now I can look for that in other games so I can be more knowledgeable when I watch something else. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that I love.
1: I know Sean will get this joke. I'll see if you two will, and then we'll let him go. First time I heard JT Daniels speak, was like listening to the Beatles. You ever look in his eyes? (laughs) It's from Superbad. All right. (laughs) It's from the movie Superbad. You ever look in his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles. Flawless.
0: Perfect. Perfect.
1: Sean. Sean Mariner, our WVU athletics insider, thanks. kind enough as always to give us some of his time. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're following him for more hilarity on Twitter at Big Daddy Mariner. Sean, thanks as always, buddy. We'll talk soon.
6: Always a pleasure, boys. We'll see you guys Thursday. See you,
1: Toto. There he is, the handsome, tubby man of gold. We've got to get to break here. When we come back. We will uh, do a little what Vegas thinks we think, as we'll give some projections and some predictions. Uh, for the upcoming week in college football, Wes Euler, Owen Schmidt, Jed Drenning, you are in the gun.
0: Game day got you on the go? We get it. Gomart is here to keep you going all season long with stores throughout our home state. We're a proud West Virginia- owned company, and our friendly staff is committed to serving our communities. From fuel to freshly brewed coffee and snacks, a stop at GoMart to cover your game day needs is always a touchdown. Plus, GoMart rewards members earn points with each purchase to redeem for discounts on gas and free items. So stop by, start saving, and stay on the go with GoMart.
1: Back in the gun, time to take a look around the rest of the college football slate, week four of the college football season here couple uh i think intriguing top 25 games to focus on certainly we'll throw up the graphic right now you can take a look at them three that we want to highlight here clemson at wake forest that's an early uh season in conference game here with some some big ramifications both of those teams looking to make it to an ACC championship game this one will be kind of the starting point for that uh, Florida at Tennessee, nice SEC rivalry game. Two teams who have had pretty good starts to the year. Uh, which one's for real? Which one? Maybe some fool's gold there. Uh, and then in the evening at Jerry World in Dallas, Arkansas, Texas, A&M. Uh, taking a look at the projections here on the screen now. Jed, uh, you want to run us through these?
2: Uh, yeah, uh, Clemson-Wake Forest. Wake Forest did a great job when they when they lost Sam Hartman early in the season to stay the yeah. course. And they found a way to get to 3-0, and another right back on track. Uh, this is a huge game for them. I just don't know if they have the chops. We'll see. But the projections, Clemson's favored by seven over under mid-50s. We're looking at a projection of Clemson 31-24 over Wake. Florida-Tennessee, is this a separation game for Tennessee? Is this the game they've been waiting years and years and years for? Maybe so. Uh, it's going to be a wild crowd at Nalen. They're both uh, – they're and 3-0 versus a 2-1 and Florida team that's kind of trying to find itself in some ways. 37-27 is our projection, Tennessee over Florida. Tennessee an 11-point favorite over under in the low I 60s. Know. 37-27. And then finally, Jimbo trying to continue to right the ship against Arkansas. Arkansas maybe got caught looking ahead last week. Uh, the fighting Bobby Petrinos came to town. They struggled a little bit, separated late. Uh, But uh, they're scrappy, but they go to College Station, and it's a a two-and-a-half-point Texas A&M line. So we have Texas A&M 26-24, something like that is our projection for that game at A&M.
1: Yeah, Texas A&M able to to, uh, get back on the right track with a win over Miami. Uh, Now they'll they'll jump into SEC play here. Into Big 12 play we go. Uh, We'll pull up the projections on the screen right now for you here. Uh, Baylor at Iowa State. This is an intriguing one for me, Big O. Iowa State, you know, they finally got that uh, elephant-sized monkey off their back and finally got a win against Iowa uh, last week. Baylor still ranked at 17, uh, but actually the underdog in this game on the road uh, up in Iowa State.
3: Yeah, getting a win a big, uh, against Big Brother there. Uh, Iowa, that's been a good one for them to come over to the top there. Um, I don't know. Here, here's my thing. It's a home game, right? Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be loud. They're they're three and zero right now. Um, I think it's gonna be tough for them to overcome that crowd, uh, and I think is gonna put a complete game together and uh, and really solidify who they are in the Big Twelve. Yeah,
2: go, uh, go ahead.
1: I was I was I was just gonna say, you know, we, we talked uh, on our our no huddle special earlier yep. in the week. We we talked about how familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, And I tell you what, TCU, SMU, those are two schools not too far away from each other. You want to talk about a backyard brawl. I mean, that's a, that, those, those are two programs yeah. uh, that, that, you know, that that obviously don't play all the time, but, but very uh, close proximity there.
2: Yeah. Sonny Dykes back to his stomping grounds just across the block. Right. So uh, I, I mean, this is a game they're expecting a lot of points. It's a pick them. Okay. Uh, so again, Graphic up on the screen. We're looking at all four of these things, or all five of these things at once. Projection: Iowa State twenty-four, Baylor twenty-one. Projection: We went ahead and projected TCU on a thirty-five to thirty-four style football game. Uh, we project, and here's the big one, Wes. Let's all talk about it real quickly. Duke and Kansas. Duke and Kansas. Kansas a nine-point favorite. You might be thinking, Ah, oh, well, it's Duke. It's the Duke beat them by nineteen points last year. Okay. Think of the turnaround that is. Again, yeah. we talked about Kansas getting votes in both polls. Kansas is for real. Now we'll continue to find out can they handle prosperity? Because for the first time in a long time, prosperity is coming their way. So, quick yeah. remarks, you guys. When Kansas was the last too.
1: time they were ranked by nine points or favored by nine points in a game? <laughs> you have
2: to go back to 08, 09. I, I mean, probably so. early 09. Yeah, yeah. I had to guess. But we're projecting a 38 28 Kansas win. So be careful when we're patting them on the behind. And you know what, Coach Rod always told us about doing that.
3: Hey, I pat you in the hand, right? I pat you on the butt. You Schmidt right in my hand. That's right. <laughs> Texas, Texas Tech in
2: Lubbock. Okay. Uh, again, Texas without Quinn Ewers. Hudson Card getting the start. Texas Tech trying to rebound from a road loss in NC State. We project a 34 27, as you can see, Texas win. On the road, uh, they're favored by six over under at sixty, uh, and then finally to round things out, Oklahoma heavy favorite, thirteen point favorite at home uh, against K State. Uh, Vegas not believing in the Wildcats after last week's loss to Tulane. We're projecting a Oklahoma win in the palace, thirty-four to twenty something in the ballpark of that over K State.
1: So we will revisit those next week, and there are our projections for some top 25 games around the conference as well, too. Now it's time to get to our predictions, a trio of them that we always bring you here. You should be familiar with this by now. Signal Caller of the Week, Runaway Beer Truck of the Week, Defense of the Week. Jed, I'll come to you first here. Your Big 12 Signal Caller of the Week, where you predict which quarterback in the conference will have the most passing yards. Who you got for
2: us this week? I'm going with Max Duggan, TCU. Uh, Again, as we talked about, they're on the road at SMU. Uh, This is a big game for a lot of reasons for TCU. Uh, Big game for Sonny Dykes. I think he wants to show out. And Sonny Dykes, the easiest way for him to show out is pitch and catch, put the football in the air. Again, we expect a high-scoring affair. I think it'll be back and forth, which means it's an opportunity for Max Duggan to flip it around quite a bit and do it for the balance of 60 minutes. Uh, I, I think he's hitting his stride through two games. They've done some cool things in the past game. They did last week. Uh, I'm going with Max Duggan on the road at SMU for TCU to throw for the most yards in the big 12,
1: the runaway beer truck down the sideline. It's where Owen Schmidt tells us who in the conference is going to have the most rushing yards this week. Who you got big O.
3: Okay. So I have a, I have a Corso not so fast moment right here. All right. I sent my pick in to Jed earlier. Uh Um, And I thought for myself for a minute, just because he had been rolling this season, that old Deuce Vaughn of uh, Kansas state would uh, throw up some impressive numbers regardless of them playing the Sooners, but I'm leaning towards Devin Neal. I think he's going to have a day against Duke. That's just where I'm at right now. That's my not so fast Devin. Bring it on, brother. Got
2: the the
1: graphics producer on his toes, baby.
3: That's
2: bold. Ah, i just going to redo the graphic.
3: (laughs) 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 I figured I'd just piss Jed off off before
2: we got off here. He's getting even with me. He just uh, schmitted uh, right in his (laughs) hand,
1: didn't
2: you? (laughs) Professor Schmidt's getting even.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Uh, Big 12 defense of the week. That's where Wes Euler – oh, wait, that's me. I'm Wes Euler – predicts the Big 12 defense that will give up the fewest amount of points – I'm doubling down here. I'm going with Baylor, all right? I realize that they are underdogs on the road in Ames, but hear me out. Here's my logic. Wow. Here's my logic. Two reasons why I'm going with Baylor. First is that game is by far the lowest over-under of the week, according to, yeah. according to Las Vegas, by far in the conference. Number two, Iowa State has played two Little Sisters of the Poor and Iowa. And they scored ten points against Iowa. Yeah, they 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 ran up the scoreboard against against you know a couple thousand esque opponents. They played one Power Five opponent so far. They scored ten whole points. I'm not sold on that offense. They lost everything from last year. Brock Party and Brees Hall and that whole era. I'm not sold. I know they're at home. I know it's a big game. All these different things, but I think that one is low scoring regardless of who wins.
2: Hunter Deckers is exposed. Okay. I, I'll give you two reasons. With you might be on to something and then we'll close out. Uh, yes. It's in Ames. Jack Trice is a tough place to play. Very underrated as a venue, but it's a noon kickoff. Okay. Uh, out there 11, but noon kickoff here, early kick. And the other thing, you know, Matt Campbell typically does a pretty good job of managing distractions but the noise is getting louder and louder about this Nebraska gig, and the kids are hearing it too. And so he's going to really have to keep them dialed in. And uh, does that have an effect? I don't know. Baylor's a pretty good football team, so I can't argue with that pick.
1: There we go. We will see how it all shakes out when we return next week. But when we come back on the other side, it's time to get into this battle for the Black Diamond Trophy. Who's got the edge in the air? On the ground, special teams, intangibles. We'll break it all down for you when we return. You are in the gun.
4: I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret?
5: Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money. And that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford.
4: And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice?
5: You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit toothmanford.com and get a quick instant cash offer.
4: That sounds like a score to me.
5: That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's
4: got a lot of fans. Here's another one, Dallas Cowboys QB, Will Greer.
3: This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford.
4: That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com.
1: Back in the Gun, episode 11 of your new favorite WVU football podcast. We're getting ready for the battle for the Black Diamond Trophy here now. Who's got the edge in the air, on the ground, special teams, intangibles, all these different facets of the game that will play out Thursday night at Lane Stadium. Jed, I'll start with you here since you are the signal caller. In your most humble of opinions, and well-researched opinions, as as Big O and I can attest to, certainly, uh, who's got the edge in the air, the Mountaineers or the Hokies?
2: Well, I, I tell you what, uh, let, let's walk this thing through now, okay? Uh, Grant Wells, you know, he was turnover happy in that lost you, but he's reeled things back in, uh, come back down to earth. Uh, you know, the former Marshall quarterback, West Virginia high school kid, uh, he's, he's looked like a different player the last two games, been smart with the football, more judicious with the football, didn't put it in harm's way. Uh, now, West Virginia on the back end, moving some pieces around, trying to find ways to dial up some pressure. Uh, I think that part's going to get interesting. I think it's going to be a function of we have to get them knocked off schedule. We talk about this every week and it's going to be critical once again. Okay. Uh, Now let's jump to the other side. Let's look at West Virginia. And uh, obviously the passing game has been one of the strong suits of this offensive football team. Well, the offense at large really. Uh, But this Virginia tech secondary it's pretty battle tested. I mean, they got a couple corners and Chapman and Strong. They played together for quite some time. You'll see they're physical, they're handsy. They'll they'll you know reroute you. They'll force you to redirect, knock your rhythm and timing off. They're good tacklers. And then on the back end, Peoples and Connor. You'll see number five flying around at safety, number one flying around at safety. Uh, again, great tacklers in space. Uh, but I think we're going to find a way with the weapons we have, not just on the perimeter, but also some matchups with our slots against their linebackers. Now, what they've done with that defense is they converted into a more traditional 4-3. Uh, and, of course, when 4-3 – ha- ha- you know, oh, you know how this works. 4 one-gap responsibilities across the board from a run-fit standpoint. But the truth is you can also find some matchups against those backers if you're creative in doing so. They have a hybrid tight backer among those three. They have two converted safeties playing there. So they it's almost like they're in heavy nickel, but I do think we're going to have some opportunities to do that. It's all about JT appropriately IDing some things I think will do that. And I'm going to roll with West Virginia, having the advantage all told in the past game.
3: Yeah, Jed, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. We talked, you know, briefly uh, before the, the cast here and, um, I just think BFW is playing at such a high level right now. Uh, I think they they might end up paying him a little more attention. And like you said, I think uh, James and KP are just gonna they're gonna end up finding some space uh, where the spaces is needed to be found. And JT is gonna end up doing this thing. Um, I think, like you said as well, um, you know CJ Mathis getting some one on one opportunities um, against their second level. Uh, we can make some we can definitely do some damage uh, in mismatches there uh, just with the physicality of 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 CJ Uh, and and hopefully um, Matthias uh, you know can make some moves and get into some space situations there Uh, but I just think with the guy that we have at the helm uh, there's just too much that's going on there Uh, he's he's definitely watched the film he's He's prepped. He's visualized. You know, I think West Virginia all the way there in the air. I'll
1: make it all three of us going with the Mountaineers here. I, you know, listen. I think Jed said it earlier, um, talking about how you know, ever since that first game against Old Dominion, Virginia Tech has really, you know, Grant Wells threw four interceptions in that game. They lost obviously to, to start the season, and they have changed their offensive game plan to. Uh, let's not take those risks. Let's run the ball. Let's play defense. Let's keep it low scoring and close to the vest. And that's because they don't trust their quarterback, at least not at this point. And listen, Grant Wells, West Virginia kid, I never liked the poo-poo West Virginia kids. But he did go to Marshall and now Virginia Tech, all right? So, yeah, <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing, nothing, nothing that he's doing is scaring me. I, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Um, where J.T. Daniels and Bryce Ford Wheaton, you should be very scared if you wear that gaudy orange and maroon and whatever disgusting colors that they decide to show up in for their hokey effect on Thursday night. So yeah, clean sweep for the Mountaineers in the air. Oh, and I'll start with you here. Uh, who's got the edge on the ground?
3: Um, <clears throat> in the ground, we've just we've had some uh, some good ground games here. Obviously, last week was a good one with both of our guys getting over a hundred yards. Um, but I just think we just have a lot of momentum right now with our, with our guys up front and, uh, we're going to give the big boy, the ball Mathis is going to get the ball. Um, and we're going to end up putting some, putting some yards up. Uh, I think we're going to go in there with a mindset of total domination on Thursday. This is a massive game. This is kind of like almost a second chance. Okay. You played pit. The outcome wasn't what you wanted. Now you have another Thursday night on a huge stage, right? Right in the back door, right? Right in the backyard here. Uh, and I think we're going to end up coming out on top. Now <clears throat> I will say they have uh uh king is is back correct jed is that correct he's listed as number one on the depth
2: chart but they yep. took him off the kickoff return <clears throat> team so yeah right
3: so he's he and you know he's boasted 175 this year 7.6 yards of carry uh one td uh and then obviously holston uh one 126 now nah, that's 3.12 tds uh i just I don't know. I, I think our guys are really clicking right now up front as far as a run game goes. I think we're going to have a, a really good night and help complement what uh, JT is going to do in the air.
1: Mr. Drenning, do you concur?
3: Uh, I don't.
1: Ooh.
2: I think the yards on the ground are going to be hard, hard fought both ways. Uh, Again, I'm looking at it like this. Let's start. With Virginia Tech defensively. I talked about what great tacklers that crew is on the back end. Okay. So it's difficult to the extreme to pop big ones, even if you do get to the second or third level against them. Okay. Our wideouts have been blocking exceptionally well in space. Uh, but uh these die uh, these guys can track you down, they track the ball, they get hatched to the ball, and they can bring you down in space, which means you're gonna have to earn it a couple yards at a time. They do a great job with these run fits we talked about. Uh Again, even front defense, he likes to simplify things from their perspective, but make it look difficult to you and chop the front up with some some uh, twisting and some stunts. Uh, it, it's a lot to handle. We got a veteran, battle tested offensive line, obviously. So we'll make a little bit of hay. I just don't think that's going to be what wins us this football game. We have to have enough of it to keep them honest, so we're not one dimensional. So that pass game that I favored earlier does click. And sets the table for that. And also, you do not want to be in a bunch of third longs against these guys. You absolutely do not. That's what they're built to do is attack you once you are. So let's jump to the other side and look at uh, Virginia Tech. Uh, I, I think you have an offensive coordinator in Tyler Bowen. He's an RPO guy. He's bounced around. He was a Penn State a few years ago. Joe Moorhead. Uh, you heard Neil talk about it. his pressure. You see some of that RPO influence there. Okay. He spent some time with the Jaguars, the NFL level last year. He understands what he's doing. But the important thing to me is Joe Rudolph is their O line coach. Now, this might have been one of the coups of the offseason when Brent Pry was putting his staff together. Joe Rudolph was the offensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Now, who do we know that's more representative of quality O line play than the <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers, right? Well, they got the OC from Wisconsin at Virginia Tech coaching the O-line now. and You just have to think that that has to somehow start to come together and gel over the course of a handful of games, and it really hasn't yet. Part of that's been lack of continuity. Keyshawn King's been out. Keyshawn King, as I see it, is the, hands down, the single most dynamic football player on this offense. He's the true bona fide threat that can hurt you, Okay. Virginia Tech knows that. I think they want to feature him. I think they want to feed him. I think they want to shrink this game. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out throwing early, trying to get a lead, uh, and then just try and pound it to milk that lead and take the air out of the game. But I think they're going to be so committed to it, and I expect some kind of improvement from game three to game four. They've gotten a little better over the course of time, but Keyshawn King coming back to me is big. Uh, This O-line's been around for a bit. I just kind of get the sense they're they're going to be profoundly committed to it uh, because they can't lean on the pass game the, the way maybe we can. Uh, combine that with how well they tackle on the back end, and and to me the the tiebreaker is Dax Holyfield at linebacker. I mean this kid, uh, oh and he's Reed Williams. That's what he is. He's Reed Williams. I mean he's a four seven guy who's going to get to his fit like a four four guy. I mean when you watch him on tape, there is no doubt in my mind he's a film rat he sniffs stuff out out, he smokes stuff out it's it's going to be hard to run the football against number four with him directing traffic so I'm going to give a slight edge to Virginia Tech
1: this one was tough um I went back and forth on this I think you both make great points um I give I, – I, just by the slightest of edge, I'm going Mountaineers, I think, those as well, too. I'm, I'm going to side with the beer truck instead of the signal caller. Jed, you make a very compelling case, and you have me second-guessing myself even more so than I was when I put That's this pick in. Um, but I I, I think a, a lot of things are equal, except for the, the difference to me why, I, why I'll, I'll go 51% WVU and 49% Virginia Tech here is – uh. Keyshawn King, you're absolutely right. Stud, dynamic playmaker. They're going to feature him, especially if he is healthy and, and ready to go. I just don't know if they have the, the one-two punch like we do with, with, with Tony and with CJ, with Mathis and with Donaldson. Um, I think they're a little bit better in run defense. I think our, our offensive line at this point is a little bit better. What what splits that for me? Just the depth for WVU, the two horses in the backfield instead of one. So, like I said, by the slightest of margins, I'll side with Big O on this one. I'll come back to you here, Jed, to start our final one here. Who's got the edge in special teams and intangibles?
2: You know, it's like your special teams. It's like it's it's almost like we're going to Hershey to play somebody in a game of chocolate. Right. You know, you're going to black. <laughs> Hold on. Border. Hold
1: on now, though. Frank Beamer <laughs> right. ain't walking through. This that ain't
2: door. no Beamer ball, bro. This ain't No Beamer right. ball. Have you seen their punter? Frank Beamer would smile like the butcher's dog over this punter. All right. We gave up a kickoff return a week ago against Towson. Again, talented kick returner. That's something that we work furiously to address since that time. Uh, now, interestingly enough, for the only a handful of times has this ever happened in the history of the program or the history of the building. We didn't punt last week, right? Uh, so we got to dust off all Ollie Straw because something tells me he's going to be needed a few times in this type of football game under the lights of Blacksburg. But uh, I, I do think when you couple the slight edge, I would give again, love Casey Leg, I think he's going to perform well. Love Ollie Straw. I think he's going to perform well. Maybe the coverage units, all it takes is one lapse, and these guys are going to hurt you a little bit. Their punter is legit. Okay. Uh, ours is heading that way. Theirs has arrived is what I would say. Couple that when you talk intangibles, I I mean, Thursday night, primetime TV lane stadium. That's an intangible. That's an intangible. So uh, again, slight edge to Virginia tech.
1: Big O, do you concur or do you argue?
3: (sighs) I got some crap written down on this piece of paper I have here. (laughs) And it isn't the special teams of the past, but I will agree um, given that up last week, when that was something that we heard Neil Brown say that we really needed to work on. Um, and it just seemed like maybe we didn't uh, take it as serious uh, when it did happen. You know what I mean? Just because of the opponent we were playing, uh, like i said it's hard for me to go either way uh, i know we both teams are pretty pretty solid on both sides of the ball i guess i would say if there was a advantage virginia tech this would be the side of the ball just because of the ghost of beamer's past mm-hmm. um, so i will give the uh, the chokies the one on this guy
1: all right fine i'll be the one who does it i'll be the one. <clears throat> Golden Blue bleeding Homer here. I'm going Mountaineers here as well, too. All right, <laughs> all right. All right. I know that, I know. I know. We just gave up a kick return touchdown to Towson, All right. We also blocked a punt <clears throat> up and up at uh, up at Akershire Stadium against Pitt in Week One.
2: We've had three all big right? plays on special teams: two negatives, one positive. We had a block punt, we had a muff punt, and we had the kick return. So, yeah.
1: Here's 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 the tie again. Though this is a close one. This and if and if I wanted to, I could, I could certainly go Virginia Tech and, and argue that way. But here's what it comes down to me. You know, you mentioned intangibles, Jed, and how, you know, Lane Stadium, that environment at home on a Thursday night, that's intangible. I agree with you, but I go the other way. Virginia Tech this season, Old Dominion, Boston College, and Watford? You you, you kidding me? Where we went up Thursday night, primetime, college game day, backyard brawl, 70,000 people in that environment. Virginia Tech hasn't played in anything close like that this season. Hell, Saturday night at home against Kansas in the rain was more of an environment than anything that Virginia Tech has played in this season. So our guys aren't going to get caught up in the moment because they already experienced one of these atmospheres in Pittsburgh just a few weeks ago. For Virginia Tech, I I think the intangibles go the other way. I think they're wound so tight. And yeah, we are a little bit too. This is about as close to a must-win game as you can get in week four for the program, for Neil Brown, for the outlook of this season, for all those things, right? We can go down the list. But for me, Virginia Tech, this this is WVU's third time playing a legitimate opponent this might be the first for Virginia tech because newsflash Boston college stinks. I mean, they are, they are, not good. they are not good. All right. Doug Frank Beamer ain't walking through that door for the Hokies and Doug Flutie and Matt Ryan ain't walking through that door for Boston college. All right, so I'm sick and tired of hearing you two. You're getting me fired up here. Mountaineers. All right. Because the intangible of Virginia tech has not played a team like us. When we've already played two pretty darn good teams in Pitt and Kansas, yeah, call me a homer. I probably well, here's the part. Going. Hey, little buddy. Here's the
2: part I left out.
3: Go ahead, Owen. Hey, little buddy. Look, someone's
2: okay. got to
1: represent the people. Here, I, you guys are I using your to heads too much. You gotta use your heart a little bit more. I <laughs> wanted
3: to fight Jed when he said Virginia Tech in the run. All right, I feel you. Okay, I feel you there. I just <laughs> look. We need improvement on our special teams. I now ask, me, ask yeah, me who I, love, I think is going to win hey, the game. I love the, I love the spirit,
2: brother. I love it. I took Virginia Tech in the run game. I took West Virginia in the pass game. I took Virginia Tech as the tiebreaker. Now, ask me who I think is going to win the game. Who's going to win the game? This environment will bring out the beast in JT Daniels.
6: There we go.
1: Now see, now that's what I'm talking about. It's about it's about the past time, game advantage will be
2: so stark, it will trump the other two.
1: I love it. I love it. So we'll look at here, we'll pull up the uh the final score graphic. Here's where we've got the edges in the air on the ground, special teams intangibles, and uh Jed saving his bacon there with Mountaineer Nation. At yeah, the he end. was <laughs> saving his
3: bacon, son. I mean, come on, dog.
1: We're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get to our last break here. We come back, we'll do some looking back to last year's meeting in Morgantown. We'll go over the tail of the tape, we'll give some final thoughts and predictions before we get out of here and all eyes turn to Lane Stadium on Thursday night. Owen Schmidt, Jed Drenning, Wesley Euler, you are in the gun.
0: Game day got you on the go. We get it. Go Mart is here to keep you going all season long with stores throughout our home state. We're a proud West Virginia-owned company, and our friendly staff is committed to serving our communities. From fuel to freshly brewed coffee and snacks, a stop at GoMart to cover your game day needs is always a touchdown. Plus, GoMart Rewards members earn points with each purchase to redeem for discounts on gas and free items. So stop by, start saving, and stay on the go with GoMart.
1: Final segment in the gun here as we continue to get you ready for... Mountaineers, Hokies, Thursday night, Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, seven thirty on ESPN, just like the Big East intended. Uh, last time they met in Morgantown, noon game last year. You know that 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 peeves me a little bit. They get us in prime time, but we got yeah. them at noon. But I digress. Twenty-seven to twenty-one, it was a comfortable game for a little while. That suddenly got close at the end, and the WVU defense had to make a play there on fourth down to preserve the win. We'll pull up the graphic here from last year. Uh, Jed, that was a fun one for me. You know, I've, I've been a season ticket holder now for since 2019. So yeah. that was, I think, probably the, the most fun I've had at a home game in my season ticket era. You know, it was the first time we had a rival in Morgantown for a while. Uh, Letty had a huge game, gold rush game, getting the Black Diamond trophy back. That That was a fun one last year.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, we jumped out to that early lead. It looked like we were going to blow the doors off of him. Letty busts the 80-yarder to set the tone. Now, what people forget is we nearly had an 80-yard touchdown pass to play before that. Yeah. Came yeah, a couple that. inches away from that, but instead, boom, next play, inside zone. There goes Letty. sees the gap. We get hat, hats on defenders, and he sees daylight. There he goes. 24-7 at the half. We had a field goal in the third quarter to go up 20. But then here they came. We let them hang around. The next thing you know, it's a one-possession game in the final minutes. We we try and convert on a key third down. There's a turnover on a jailbreak screen, setting them up in great scoring position. But as you touched on, a uh, a great stop by the defense to to finally seal that thing that that was far more interesting than it needed to be. But but uh, yeah, I mean it was a great way to. Uh, first time they've been in Morgantown, obviously, since 2005. So this is since, our first trip back to Blacksburg. Since, since Big O was there. That's right. 2004, our first trip to Blacksburg since then. So, uh, yeah, looking back on that, uh, the biggest thing was we got a W and got the Black Diamond Trophy. Now let's keep it.
3: Yeah, there that was a little redemption. Obviously, in 2005, we lost that game. I think, uh, what was it, Marcus Vick was the quarterback at the yeah. time? Yeah. That's when he Play. touched Gibby. And yeah. did, that was the only yeah.
1: only game you guys lost that year, big O. Yep.
3: Yeah. It was uh it was it was a downer. Yeah. yeah, it was a downer, obviously. Um, but uh no, it uh I don't know why we did keep it so close. I, I was so jacked up after that game though, because we did close, and I know that w- that was uh something that we were struggling with, you know, overcoming a little bit of adversity at home. Teams coming back on you. We make a big defensive stop, obviously. Um, but happy to get the win. Happy the D- Black Diamond Trophy is back in Morgantown. Let's keep it that way this week.
1: Yeah, and with no uh, no Hokies on the schedule, at least for the foreseeable future, let's keep that Black Diamond Trophy in Morgantown yes. for the next decade or so. Um, all right, on to this year. Tale of the Tape brought to you by our friends at High Street Prints. Make sure you're checking them out. HighStreetPrintShop.com. Reminder there, all right? There That's you where you can get involved with our our friends at High Street Prince. Tail of the tape. Jed, will start here. Uh, first with the WVU offense versus the Hokies defense.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the key things is going to be the success we've had on third down. You're going to have to manage that against these guys. I mean, you, you'll see here in a minute, you pick the category, and it's going to be a stiff challenge defensively. I mean, just about every key metric these guys rank at or near the top of the ACC, I mean, they're the real deal. Defensively, they bought into Brent Price culture, obviously, his pedigrees on the defensive side of the football. Uh, You know, one thing we haven't talked about, he's an old uh, West Virginia kid that finally moved uh, to Virginia later in life. But his his dad was the head coach at Lewis County. And today I spoke with the quarterback uh, of that football team his first year it was his first head coaching job he was our receivers coach at glenville but i digress Mm. at bill tucker down in weston Mm -hmm. but uh yeah they bought into the culture defensively i mean they've gotten back to the lunch pill mentality uh so when you look at key things when you play small ball like winning in the red zone winning on third down and of course turnovers you know uh you got to protect the football on the road it's been costly in both our losses uh we have Four that we've turned the football over so far, three by the offense, and all four resulted in touchdowns. I, I was thinking today, guys, that, uh, you know, the defense, there's three touchdowns we've allowed that weren't defensive touchdowns that are hurting their numbers. So uh, I think from a big play opportunity standpoint, if we protect and stay ahead of schedule, we're going to have some chances as physical as their, their DBs get to out physical them and make some plays downfield if we protect well enough and hold up in protection and doing so. So, I mean, when you look at that pass yards per game, you know, we rank toward the top of the big 12 as well. And I really don't think we've started to crest yet. I really don't. So, but again, all these numbers defensively are legit for Virginia tech. Yeah. I mean, they played some, some offenses that struggle, uh, but, over the course of three games, I don't care who you're playing when you post these kinds of numbers. I mean, their third down conversion rate is sick. I mean, they've allowed like a couple handfuls in three games. So uh, it, it's, it's worth its weight in gold when you move the chains on third down against these guys.
3: Yeah, they are a stingy defense for sure, Jed. And uh, one thing that I have to point out a little bit is our guys up front will have a, uh, a little bit of a handful. They, are, they do have nine sacks on the air. Um, so those boys do get after it.
1: That they do. Let's keep a clean pocket. I mean, Let's, he's
2: always
3: around fifty a year at Penn State. I mean, yeah.
2: he had that streak or that run with those Penn sure. State defenses. Brent Pride did as the coordinator up there. So that's what he's all about.
1: No, he is. He's lunch pale. He's defense. He's that old school, certainly. Uh, and he's started to instill that a little bit there through through three weeks, without a doubt. We'll see, though. Like I said, they ain't seen no JT Daniels. They ain't seen um, no Bryce Ford, Wheaton, or CJ, and, and Tony at this point. Hopefully, Doug Nestor has a uh, big performance in store for for his old teammates and his old university down there as well, too. Uh, flipping to the other side of things here, WVU defense versus the Hokies offense. Jed, what's standing out to you?
2: Uh, I, I think what we need to do is uh, I have to update some of these numbers here because we're turnover dry. And they've done a pretty good job the last couple games of not turning the football over. So, uh, again, don't really pay attention to the numbers that you guys have in front of you. But I I think what we need to do is we need to find a way to, you know, get hats to the football. Good things happen when you fly to the ball. If somebody misses a tackle, you can make up the difference and have a tackle. You can have an assist on it. If, If the ball does come loose, next thing you know, it's bouncing your way if you're around the football. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that's going to be critical in this environment is for us to find a way to steal a couple possessions defensively by forcing two or three turnovers, and maybe that's how do you beat Old Dominion beat these guys? Do you beat them by by forcing those four turnovers and forcing Grant Wells into some poor decisions? I think that's part of what we got to do, and part of that's going to be chopping up the front, making some plays on the defensive line and that linebacker group. And once again, getting these guys behind the sticks they are they're somewhat unremarkable offensively. So their biggest weapon. That's a we nice, that's a nice it way to put King. it. <laughs> yeah. Keyshawn King's their biggest weapon. You can somewhat neutralize him, by by knocking them off schedule, if you put them in a trail position, whether that's on the scoreboard or on the sticks, uh, there's only so much they can do with them. They can get creative with some things in the past game, but they can't just let him tote it. And, uh, and be running power all night, Owen. So, uh, again, I think if you knock them off schedule, it can put them in some tough situations, and you got to lead to some turnovers.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'd say we, we definitely need to get better in the red zone and on third down for sure. Um, just looking at, like, what we're doing, obviously. Um, they're not the best um, at uh, – in the red zone, but they are tied for fourth, right? And uh, as far as their third down percentages go. Um, we have to get their stops. Them. Yeah, they, yeah we, we definitely need to get some stops, right? We can't let them score every time they're down there. Uh, and the third down stuff, man, it's huge. I mean, anytime you can uh, get the uh, defense off the field and get a fresh set of downs for the offense, turn over some, uh, some field position, right, and make some good plays, that uh that helps the big boys out, right? The the guys on the offense like to run. Guys on the defense don't really like to. So, those big boys up front, they are asked for a big task, but we we definitely got to get them off the field.
1: That we do. That we do. I got I got a key for you here real quick, all right? So an, an, an indicator ba- okay. piggybacking off of what Owen said there. If one of these two things happens, I really like our chances, okay? okay? a sack on Grant Wells on the first possession of the game or a forced turnover on Grant Wells specifically interception or strip sack in the first quarter. So, if we can if that. we can sack him on the first drive and or Force a turnover in the first quarter. I think those would be great indicators for our defense, for how this is going to play out, for them having to play from behind and from behind the sticks uh, and really putting that onus on Grant Wells and hopefully him, him struggling to, to, to be that guy opposite of JT Daniels for 60 minutes. That's my, that's my key indicator there. Sack on the first drive or a, first, a forced turnover uh, in the first quarter, and I think that would be uh, early positive returns for our defense.
3: I like Wes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wes, even even a quick three and out, right at home, right, shove them right in the mouth right away. Um, That's that's going to be some definite confidence killers for sure. Yeah, it's uh,
2: if you get them knocked off schedule, get them seeing ghosts. I mean, if you dig into the analytics and dig into the numbers, when everything is going according to to script for Grant Wells, he can be pretty productive. I mean, he really can. Uh, But the truth of the matter is. 34 big time throws on non-play action concepts since 2020 tied for sixth most in the FBS that was leading into this season. So don't let everything go according to script. Don't let it happen. I think that's going to be critical. So uh, uh, yeah, I I agree with you. What's interesting to me, I want to see how they're going to play us. I mean, he likes to bring pressure and go man owing about 40% of the time pushing that high thirties. But when you look at his history, The teams that he blitzes most against or runs most man coverage against are run-oriented teams. Like when he was at Penn State, it was Michigan, it was Iowa. So is he trying to knock them out of what they're comfortable with? So does that mean it's more sit back and zone coverage and force us to pick them apart? I don't know what the case is going to be. We're going to find out. So it's probably – the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Well,
1: let's find out what Vegas thinks we think we think here. Jed, what are you projecting
2: for Thursday night in Blacksburg? Well, when you look at the line, West Virginia favored by two and a half or so, or two on the hook, as they call it. Uh, Pretty low scoring over under. So we are projecting a 27 to 24 type West Virginia win. And you know what? I I think that's fairly on point. Let's see Casey Leg drill one from 51 out to break the hearts. Of all those hokey fans down in Blacksburg. Now, see, I would like that,
1: but I would also like it if it was, you know, we were up ten late in the fourth quarter and they just scored a a, a consolidation touchdown late to make it a three score game. I'd rather have the comfort, Big O. <laughs> I don't know about you. All right. I
3: agree. I'd agree.
1: Um, but either way, let's get a W. Let's keep that trophy. And let's send them gobble gobbling back home with a with a big L down there. In Blacksburg. Gentlemen, this was fun. I'm jacked up. I'm excited. This, I mean, this, we talked about this a little bit, you know, in the aftermath of Pitt. This is, this is what it's all about, man. I have missed these games so much and I'm, I'm stoked for kickoff on Thursday night.
2: I absolutely am. I mean, I'm fired up to uh, the, every, everything about this trip has me excited. Uh, I mean, I'm excited about the environment or the uh, the buzz at the hotel Uh, I'm excited about the trip to Blacksburg from the hotel because we're we're actually not staying in Blacksburg. We're staying up the road. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to walk in. I'm excited to kick off the pregame hours before it gets rolling. I'm excited to get down to the field for the first time, uh, meet up with Big Daddy. Uh, A buddy of mine's the red cap for the game. He's a former Virginia Tech player. You know, uh, my day job, I used to work with him. Uh, so I, I, mean, everything about this, the energy of this building is something. And I, uh, again, I've never worked it on site. So, uh, it, it's one of the, the great venues in college football to take in a college football game. And, and I'd argue just like I got to do Baton Rouge on a Saturday night, right? What would you rather do than Blacksburg on, on a Thursday night? It's like Morgantown. So I want to, I want to see us take their best shot from their fan base and respond with a shot of our own and knock them off for a a high-quality win against a high-quality opponent in their house, in that environment. Well said, and I know you'll have some stories for us next week
1: from that environment. Big O, final words yours before we get out of here.
3: Let's go, Mountaineers.
1: Let's go drink some beers. (laughs) Hey, thanks, everybody. For, uh, for joining us, as always, be an ear, tell an ear about your new favorite WVU football podcast. Thanks to everybody who tweeted your runaway questions. Thanks to Sean Mariner, Big Daddy, for joining us, uh, as he's kind enough to do here just about every single week on the show. That'll do it for us this week. It's been a content packed week make sure you're checking out our no huddle our shorter episode with owen reading a little story about wvu and virginia tech there as well too if you haven't seen that follow us on uh, all your social media channels in the gun podcast twitter facebook instagram also we're on youtube as well too if you want to get the visual element of all this and see our see us laughing and smiling and drinking beers and jed's blurry camera and Owen, sharp Dress man. All these, all these different things. All these different things. You can find uh, find us on YouTube as well, too, for the the uh, the visual element of all this. Thanks, everybody, and uh, let's go get those hokies. You've been in the gun.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe.